All right, you've been reading the news. If you haven't read about this item, boy, am I surprised. Uh, Have you heard the news that there is part of this stimulus or jobs bill, depending on what they're calling it at that moment, there is a proposal for sweeping health care changes, about 140 pages or more uh, buried in this bill. And, um, well, there are a lot of things to be concerned about, but there, I think, are a lot of things to understand. And to kind of give you sort of a better context of what this sweeping uh, package of health care reform could do for you and to you, on my line from naturalnews.com, Mike Adams. Hey, Michael, how are you? Hi, I'm doing great, Dr. Steve. Good to be on your show again. Well, always good to have you on. Now, if you were to take a look at this, I think it's about 140 pages in the 800-page stimulus-slash-jobs bill, you would see that there are huge changes. What bothers you about this thing? There is one thing that bothers me, but I want to let's find out what bothers you about it. Okay, well, there, on, on the big-picture scale... What bothers me is that, for example, the bill suddenly ballooned the night before the vote to 999 pages. It was posted on the Internet just hours before the vote. And virtually no one, Steve, has had a chance to read the bill, not even the people voting on it. Now, regardless of what's in it, whether it's good or bad, is this the way to run a democracy, to, to post an emergency bill containing hundreds of pages about sweeping health reform changes and not allow the public to even digest it or debate it or have a cool-headed discussion about it. This is, this is democracy under assault here, Steve. This is not the way you're supposed to run a country. So that's my first position, regardless of what's in it. Okay, and you know what? Uh, there I blame Congress. Congress can stop the procedure, take a look at the bill, and they don't have to go forward. And they have a history, unfortunately, of signing legislation that they never read. And so this is just one more assault from Washington on the citizens. And citizens should really make a big deal about this and, and make noise. Because Congress, the House and Senate, can say, no, we're not doing this till we read this and approve or disapprove. So that's, that's a, I agree with you. That's a major issue. What, what do you have next on your table? Well, the second issue is that this is supposed to be an economic stimulus bill. And, you know, in theory, I'm certainly not against uh, some kind of economic stimulus if it makes sense, although I think it's better to give the money straight to the people <laughs> than the corporations, but that's I, a different debate. I agree with you. Um, now, but the, the issue is, why are they making this a health care reform bill at the same time? That's a separate issue. Why, are we, why do we have 150-plus pages of health care reform in an economic stimulus bill especially when those provisions don't really stimulate the economy. What they do is they stimulate the revenues for the pharmaceutical companies, for example. Hold hold that thought. I I was thinking one of the reasons why they were doing this was to uh, hide it away from big medicine, who they knew from previous battles over big, uh, you know, health care reform, that big medicine is going to scream because here, you know, they're talking about harmonizing medical care. And for people who don't know, the reason that doctors formed a union back in the early 1840s was because they were trying to keep out socialized medicine, which was popular in Europe, to keep that out of the country so they could control their own financial destiny. 
The problem is, is they have done a very poor job of controlling health care costs because they don't matter. So maybe this was, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate here, maybe I'm thinking that Washington thought if we snuck it in at the last moment, it would give us a leg up on controlling health care costs. I agree it was dishonest, and I, I have serious issues with putting it in a jobs or stimulus package, but maybe that was the reason. I don't know. Okay, I'm sorry yeah. for the interruption. Continue, please. No problem. That's an interesting theory. I mean, that, that, that may be completely valid, or at least it may be in the right direction point is that we we don't know yet nobody really really knows we i mean i've got natural news readers scanning the bill looking for suspicious language or things that might be worrisome and one of those is almost a billion dollars in new spending on vaccines now at the surface that might sound great but you got to realize that the vaccination policies in america are really focused on vaccinating people against completely non-fatal diseases like chicken pox and that they're completely unnecessary. In fact, they probably harm the immune systems of children more than they help them. Kids actually need some exposure to some mild infections in order to build stronger immune systems. It's called the hygiene hypothesis. And so the, this program could actually end up harming American children. You know, that, a billion dollars for new vaccines and over half, over half a billion dollars for so-called uh, disease programs and genomics programs that no one has really described, you know, th- these are these are huge new bureaucracies. It's almost like creating a new FDA or something. And this needs to be debated, not just passed uh, under an emergency basis. Yeah. One of the other provisions that you have uh, outlined is the fact that by 2014, uh, there's a requirement that full health care records of all Americans be tracked in government databases. Here we have. Right. Here I think we have a much larger issue than this particular package, snuck in. As far as I'm concerned, illegally, uh, certainly immorally, as as you and I have have already said. But technology runs our lives. I remember years and years ago when I was in high school, my sociology pr- uh, teacher said to me, "Well, you know, uh, technology determines everything in a society," and I have since paid attention to that that idea, and it's true. Uh, you can see how technology changes things. For example, the invention of the birth control pill totally changed sexuality in our country and probably the world. Uh, you take a look at what computers have done. This is an ongoing uh, forward thing. We're not going to stop technology. So the concept of all of us being in some sort of a database, if we're not already in some sort of a database, uh, shouldn't be frightening unless you want to stop technology and go back to, to caveman days, uh, and you know, and which nobody wants to do. We all love our digital high, uh, you know, uh, high-definition screens and, and their cell phones. Yeah, they got cell phones now that track you with GPS, and they're making a big deal out of it, how wonderful it is. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I think that we have to look at this marriage between our uh, technology and human needs. I agree that I, I think it's important for a lot of reasons that there is some record kept because, uh, let's face it, big medicine, uh, big pharma certainly, has just taken our health care costs and, I mean, we're paying almost $2.5 trillion last year, double the rest of the world, and they're talking about what impact it has on our economy, how, you know, employers can't give uh, employees health care because it costs too much. Somebody, somewhere, has to take control, has to take charge, but I agree with you that this 140-page sweeping uh, uh, deal with uh, health care needs to be discussed because there's more than just that bill um, 
uh, in the balance. It's our lifestyle. Where does technology fit? Just because we can do something, does that mean we should? On the other hand, you know, where does responsibility fall in? When do doctors go, you know, you don't need that test. No, we don't have to do that MRI. We have a pretty good idea. When do things change so we can bring costs down? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. And the, the real question here is whether the government has been a, a good steward of personal privacy data. So if the government has this huge database of everyone's health care details, including if you ever had a rehab for alcoholism, for example, or if you ever had an abortion, or if you ever uh, were beat up by your spouse, all of this, all these details are going to be in a government database and potentially shared with as many as 500,000 clinics, hospitals, uh, health-related institutions and physicians in the country. And so far, there's no evidence that there, there are adic- adequate safeguards for that. I mean, you, this data could even be sold to marketing companies who then start sending you junk mail based on what diseases you had or what surgery you had. This, you know, this deserves major discussion about privacy protections. And by the way, this is the government that has spied on its own citizens under the war on terrorism. You know, this is not a government that respects personal privacy. So it, it is more than a bit concerning that it might have a database of every single person's health history in one government database. Well, it is, is scary at this point because we have no experience effectively dealing with that. Uh, for example, there are two states, I think, uh, I think both southern states, that are now uh, kicking around plans that people who are overweight grossly overweight, have to pay more for their health insurance because we know that overweight people tend to have more chronic disease. Uh, and, of course, they're screaming about, oh, personal rights, personal rights. Um, so it, there's this whole blend, and it, it may seem innocuous, but I'll, I'll say it anyway. You take a look at the Star Trek series. People there seem perfectly comfortable with knowing that everything in their life is on some sort of a database. But they have apparently, in the series, in theory, have been able to make that jump so that maybe, yes, there is privacy issues, but maybe people just don't give a damn at that point. Okay, so you knew that I was an alcoholic, so it doesn't matter. That's a part of life. I've fixed it. I've, you know, and so we don't become so sensitized. It, it, this is what my point was about technology. We're not living in the 1800s or the 1600s or... Uh, 25 B 100 BC world no, has the- ch- changed and we have to learn how to deal with that and I agree that we need to discuss it that's my huge problem with this plan let's not just yeah. you know let's not just put it in here and say well we'll figure it out let's talk about how we can figure out anticipate problems and then correct but let's let's set the stage properly and the stage right now I agree with you is not being set properly well, the, the privacy issue is really about job discrimination. You know, right now, before you get a job in many places, they run a criminal background check on you, which is accepted. You know, they don't want to hire criminals, but that could be expanded into running a health care background check on you using this government database. And if you were ever admitted for rehab treatment or alcoholism or if you had an abortion or any number of other things, they, like if you had cancer treatment, for example, they could then deny you employment based on that database. You see, that this hits people where it hurts, in their pocketbooks, in their livelihoods. Well, then that's, and I'm just mentioning a few examples. I know, and that's where we should have the discussion. 
Uh, that way, if we are going to, and it looks with the Obama administration that we're headed in that way, where we would have some sort of a universal health care, then it really would not impact the employer, and the employer would not have to know if you had cancer or an abortion or a hangnail, because they're not going to pick up the tab for it. We have a system that will take care of that. The, the issue is, is we have to have a discussion as a society, you know, what kind of technology do we need to make sure that costs are controlled, to make sure that people are responsible, including doctors and big pharma? We need to take action so that we people can also take control for their own health. If you're, if you're putting on 50 pounds or 100 pounds overweight, don't you have some responsibility? And isn't there some way that we can kind of help you to get in line with the plan? At some right. point... See, this is where the personal rights, the government rights, the business rights, we have to have this discussion. And right now, I agree with you, sneaking this in is, is not a, a, a fair way to approach it. They should at least go public, in my opinion, go public with it, do it separately from the jobs or stimulus package. Say, look, this is what we have in mind. This is the reason why we want to do it. Let's all participate in the experiment, and over a period of maybe a decade or, or, or 20 years, We'll figure it out, but let's be honest and upfront. Let's be transparent. Wasn't that what Obama was supposed to be about? Yeah. Yep, and, and, exactly. And, I mean, it's not just simply this one bill. It is our lifestyle. Where does technology fit? Where do we want it to fit? Who takes responsibility for it and its impact on our lives? That is not, that's all that's being shoved under the rug. And I, I predict. Um, maybe not major disaster, but a disaster of some sort, because there's been no 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 forethought on this, and that's that's typical of Congress, and it's typical of of, of uh, the voters. How much do voters think about who they vote about? Not very no, much. You know what we have today, Steve, is what I call knee-jerk democracy, with an emphasis on the word jerk. You got it. You got it. <laughs> that's what we have. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, Michael, thank you. In fact. Um, I'm going to put this up on, the, um, on our website right away, this whole discussion. It's much longer than we normally do, but I think it's something that people need to, to be aware of and, and to start thinking about themselves. Maybe they'll get this package through, but there will still be some conversation that needs to happen down, down the road in the future, and maybe this will begin to get them to think that way. I thank you for doing this with me. I appreciate it. You've done tremendous research on the package. You've raised the flag. Now let's begin the discussion. No matter whether they pass the bill or not, let's start talking and thinking about it. Hey, you're, you're welcome, Steve, and, and thank you for taking the time to put some attention on this. I mean, just like we're doing here, we're having a discussion. We're raising points. We're thinking about different ways of looking at this. This is what the whole country needs to do. We don't have to agree on every single point, but at least we have to respect the democratic process enough to be willing to open up some discussions about it and think through this. Cool heads have to prevail on this. We can't have knee-jerk democracy running our country. Well, everyone who is of a certain age knows how quickly technology speeds up life throws decisions at you in record time. hundred years ago, life was much slower. Now it's much faster. And they tell us it's going to get even faster yet. That underlines the importance of the work of people like Mike Adams and the importance of discussion. Discussion now is not an option. It is mandatory. You have to think and, and be on your feet at all times. I think it was Thomas Jefferson who said the price of, uh, of, of democracy is, you know, uh, is, is a constant battle. It's a constant effort. Yeah. No Eternal more vigilance. Exact. Thank you. 
no more important than it is today, and we can begin with this bill. Michael, thank you again, my friend. You're, you're very welcome. Thank you. Thank you.